This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. What up, what up, what up, what up, though? It's your man, Rock City, again, back for episode motherfucking number five. All right? So, solo podcast. This is a solo podcast. It's just me. I'm in here by myself today. So, uh, what is the Flipside Podcast? Flipside Podcast, we talk about many topics. There's always two sides to a story, and we are here to discuss both sides. Um, what's going to be very unique about my solo podcast is, is that technically it's not really solo because I'm actually filming it right now. I'm on live on Facebook, so there's a lot of people who are going to be chiming in. I do have the capability to bring people on, so um, you'll be able to join the video. So uh, I may be doing that um, on this episode Thank you as always, and again, support the people, the products, and the podcast. It's one of my things. I want to always make sure I say that. So I'm appreciative of the things that you guys do. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a couple people in the uh, live feed right now. Shout out to Young. Shout out to Ken. See my man Lloyd is on here. Uh, Tony, uh, congratulations. Yesterday, uh, I went to a baby shower for uh, my cousin, um, for his brother, uh, Corey, actually and uh they got a baby on the way uh actually about five days out he said so uh he said that they're probably gonna be trying to see if they can get that done on the 13th um uh harper so i was super excited i haven't been to a baby shower in a long time so it was good to see that uh shout out to Corey. he's always listening he's been on me about <laughs> why i haven't been uh doing any podcasts and we'll talk about that a little bit today as well so um again Tony, man, look, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you, super proud. Uh, his baby is absolutely adorable, man. Looks like a, a miniature version of him. So um, as a big cousin to Tony and Corey, it's just good to see them um, come from where, you know, where they come from. That's their story. That's not my responsibility, and that's not my right to kind of tell what's going on. If they want to share that, they can. But um, from what I can tell you, like, it ain't, it was, it wasn't easy and where they come from and they family, and we're going to always have love for y'all and, Personally, I'm super proud of you, uh, black men, that you could choose a lot of different paths and you chose the right path and you stayed true to yourself. You stayed true to uh, us as a, uh, our, our family and you made it through. And it ain't going to be easy, you know, and it, it never is. But um, that's what make y'all stand up people. So shout out to you, Tony. Shout out to Corey. Jennifer, y'all sister as well. You know, that's my family. You know, so I appreciate y'all. Um, let's get right into it, man. I'm just going to, you know, we in the new year here and, um, a lot of people have been asking about the podcast and what's been going on and why I haven't had the opportunity to, um, uh, I'm not gonna say I haven't had the opportunity. Listen, January was the longest year ever. <laughs> January was absolutely crazy, man. Like January, I don't know what the fuck is it about January that just, it be long as fuck. It be long as shit, yo. And it seemed like. It never fucking ends. I mean, the good thing was we got three paychecks. So, I mean, I don't know my, the way it worked out for, for me with my job. I got three paychecks, but there's been a lot going on. Um, we started over. I told everybody we started over back in, you know, February 1st. It's January 1st. So that was a new year for me because January was straight boo-boo. It was terrible, man. Just not only for me, but just for just in general, man. Like we had a lot going on. You know, the president got impeached, and then now they it was all crazy with that. And then obviously, um, I was actually coming to record, 
And um, I went and got my haircut. And I was driving in the car, I was talking with my best friend. Um, shout out to uh, Angela out there in Arizona, holding it down in Tucson. Um, much, much love to you. Thank you for always being there for me and supporting me. Uh, but I was driving. I was like kind of, you know, getting things together. And she just like stopped me in conversation while we were talking because she was like, oh, you don't do the podcast. And I was telling her the idea that I had. So she's like, Kobe died. And I'm like, what? She's like, hold on for a second. So like she goes on Twitter. And so I'm looking, I'm looking, trying to figure out what's going on. It's crazy, man. And then like, you know, I'm like, you know, you know, TMZ reported it and, you know, you kind of, eh, you know, so you kind of, you know, take a step back. So I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to chill. I'm a, um, there's two sources that I know is always going to get it right and they will not put out any information without it being accurate. And, uh, that's something that, you know, people talk about, like everybody wants to be first instead of giving the accurate information. So, um, if you're in the sports, you know, Woj, um, Wojnowski, uh, he is like, if he say it, it's facts. He don't he don't miss. I don't think I've ever seen him miss. Uh, and then also ESPN, you know, just the sports world. So I went to sleep, woke up. First thing, I took a little nap on Sunday, you know, and um, first thing I did, I got up and went right on Twitter. I scrolled past everything. I just typed in his name. Man, I seen it, man. And when Woe say it, uh, I was just like, whoa, it blew my mind. So um, Kobe, man, is – that was tough, man. That it's it's still tough to this day because, you know, you, you just it's hard to wrap your mind around, you know, something of that caliber, you know, because of who he was to, not just the culture as far as you know, basketball, but like who he was, like how he transcended outside of basketball, and you know, Shannon Sharp, you know, I, I got you know, I, everybody knows I love Shannon Sharp. Um, Shannon said, you know, like. He was, you know, from his commercial, he was a different animal but the same beast. And he was starting his second career and trying to, you know, make sure that he was going just as hard. And he found joy and love in that. And so that was um, just to see him kind of, like, winning awards, like, just like he won championships. He won an Oscar, he won an Emmy, different things like that, you know. So it was um, it was sad. It was sad. And it still is sad to see him go. But that wasn't what, you know, that wasn't what hurt me, right? Because Kobe did 20 years in the NBA. He accomplished everything he needed to accomplish. Um, I know I talk a lot of shit about Kobe, and that's only because I, I'm a fan of the game. And I was a Michael Jordan fan. I was a Kobe fan. I, I'm a LeBron fan. Like, I like greatness, and I feel like each each level, you know, it goes up. And so I talk a lot of shit because I feel like, I'm not a prisoner of the moment, right? I don't allow myself to get locked into, oh, well, Michael Jordan is just Michael Jordan. Ain't nobody ever going to – no. Kobe Bryant is just Kobe Bryant. Ain't nobody – no. Like, there's always going to be somebody better. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, everybody always says there's always somebody – there's there's always the next thing. Hussein Bolt wasn't always the – like, before Hussein Bolt, it was somebody else who was faster. You're going to continuously go forward. And so – um, it hurt, man, because a part of me loves Kobe. A part of me still loves Michael Jordan, you know, but um, I talked a lot of shit about Kobe because not not bad stuff, you know, I just was like, no, LeBron better because that, but that's because, again, I, I just feel like LeBron did certain things and, you know, Kobe did certain things that Michael didn't do. And I always tell people, if we lining it up, 
Unpopular opinion. Early in the podcast. Unpopular opinion. I'm taking Kobe over Jordan. I'm taking Kobe because he's a better shooter. He's a better shooter. Like, Jordan absolutely had to go through more, you know, when he had to, um, you know, when he had to fight, you know, the Pistons and Larry Bird. I, I get that. It was a more physical game. But, like, Kobe perfected what Jordan was so good at. He was a killer, killer, right? And I'm going to be honest, LeBron James don't have that same killer instinct, but LeBron is good at other things that Kobe isn't. And again, I don't like comparing players. I don't. You can't compare LeBron James to Wilt Chamberlain. It's a different game. It's a different game. So um, not to get too far off topic, you know, and st- stick with Kobe, like I just, it's sad. But again, we can talk about Kobe all day. That's not what killed me. That's not what that's not what made me sad. It was his daughter, Gigi. The fact that she didn't get a chance to do the things that she could have done in life. That's what hurt, man. Everybody, if you know me, you know I got a soft spot for kids and old people. That's where that's where my like I don't have no sympathy for anybody who does anything to kids or old people. Then after that is women, of course. Like you're not about to nah. Don't put your hands on a woman. Don't. I'm not with that whole rape culture, all that. That's bullshit to me. Like, and I'm on your ass. I'm on your fucking bumper, flat out. But kids is first. Kids is first because they innocent. They innocent. They don't have no, like, they learning. It's it's all new to them. And like, it's our job and our responsibility as adults to make sure that they, you know, they get to where they can do what they need to do in life, you know, and so to see her life cut short and then also everybody else on the plane, uh, on that helicopter as well, you know, like, like, you know, you, you, you know, my condolences and my, my prayers and everything go out to them as well. Cause there were other children as well on that, on that helicopter as well. So just to, for, for the kids, right. As adults, it's like, okay, you live life, you know, and as you, you keep moving forward. So that's that, but that's, that's what hurt me, man. And then, um, just seeing all of the pictures and, you know, shout out to UConn because they are going to uh, – they say she's always going to be a Husky because that's where she wanted to go to college at. So that was that was dope to see that. Um, I believe I read that the Staples Center is going to do a tribute to Kobe and Gigi on 224. Look at the universe lining up, right? 224, her number and his number. Um, so that was sad. So I kind of couldn't come in that day because I was still trying to process everything. Um also, I got my ass whooped in January, man, like financially, like a lot of shit kind of went sideways and I kind of had to move some money around. So um, I just, I'm human, you know, I like to walk around and act like I got an S on my chest, but I'm human. And so, But I also like to let people know, like, it's temporary. It's all a test, you know, and so uh, the things I do in life. And how I get through things, people don't know. People see me smiling. People see me having a good time all the time. But you, man, if y'all knew what I was going through, like y'all would be like, "God damn, Rob, like, kid, what's going on? Like, what's like how the shit? Like some of the shit that I go through, like some people wouldn't last a weekend. But at the same time, what I'm also what I also understand is is that my shit is could be minor compared to somebody else's shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, I live by a couple models. It's like is this shit going to matter a year from today? Did you die? 
if you can answer those questions, especially the first one, like the shit people get mad about, a lot of times don't they don't realize it's like you mad because you got a cracked screen on your phone. Nigga, is that shit gonna matter a year from today? No, it's not. Cause you about to go get that shit fixed and it's gonna be over with. Oh, you even if you oh you got into a car accident. Did you did you die? It, do all your limbs work? Are you still breathing? Oh, you good. It's unfortunate and it's inconvenient at the time. But guess what? It's bigger than you, you know. And y'all know I live by numbers because it's it's just logical. Everything is numbers. And so, you know, I had a conversation with the homie last night. You know, we were talking about how, you know, everything is divine. And I honestly and wholeheartedly believe that, like, it's bigger than you, right? And so the things that happen, you may not understand. And it's tough because when you're in that situation, like, why me? Right. Why me? But at the same time, you have to continue to push. You got to push forward. You got to go forward. You mad because you got a flat tire on your way to work. Guess what? Two miles up the road, there was an accident that you could have been in, but you're not in because you had to pull over and you got a flat tire. So the universe, higher power, God, Allah, whatever you believe in, something bigger than you didn't allow you to be in that situation. And so, like, it's tough. And again, the flip side. See what I did there? <laughs> the flip side of the situation is, is like you have to be able to understand the other side, right? I got a flat tire. That sucks. I got to spend some money on that. That sucks. But guess what? I ain't want to go to work today anyway. I literally woke up, didn't want to go to work. I'm about to call my boss. I don't want to take the day off, but they're like that energy that I put out into the world. I'm not supposed to be at work today. I went and I and I got my ass up and I put my big boy pants on. I put my big girl pants on, you know, whatever the case is in your situation, you know, like. But you're not supposed to be at work today. But again, that's another level, right? That's another level of understanding. Be careful what you put out into the universe. Words are powerful. Very, very, very powerful. So don't let nobody speak no negativity around you, man. Don't. You don't speak no negativity because that shit will come true. That shit will come true. It's all about diet, right? It's all about what you put into your life. We like to think diet is just food. It's not. Diet is everything. It's what you watch. It's what you listen to. It's what you eat. It's what you read. It's what you see. It's what you hear. All of that. It's all diet. It all goes into your body, right? And so you have to make a conscious decision to make sure that the things that you are consuming on a day-to-day basis are good for you. You have to. You absolutely have to make sure of that, right? So that's what I try to do. And it doesn't work all the time because you got negative analyses and you got people who are uh, pessimists and people who don't look at the situation as a whole, you know, but it's important that you that you do what is necessary and you keep those people from around you or try to cultivate that situation into something positive. What's up, Sue? I see you, baby. I, look, shout out to Sue. So Sue out in California, like uh, like Sue is a. <laughs> let's talk about Sue for a second. Like yo, I love Sue. Right, Sue's one of those people. I've never met Sue in person, never, never seen her. But Sue is that one friend that you met online that you like. You feel like you've been best friends forever. <laughs> Sue is that person. Sue has been there for me in some some crazy situations. I met Sue through rinsing cool beans. Uh, shout out to Rennie uh, years and years and years ago, and. Um, she put me into this sports group uh, and some, you know, you just, again, you cultivate relationships and, um, 
you know, you get to know people over time. You see people's kids grow up and then you get to talking and everything. And like me and Sue have become very, very good friends. And um, I have the utmost respect for Sue. Sue's, um, you know, I'm a very reserved person. People like to think that I'm very, very outgoing, but I'm actually, people don't know what's going on. And Sue has been there in some times where she kind of seen my vibe was off and uh, she'll call and she'll, she'll give me some words of encouragement. And um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, um, that love that she gives. I have a lot of people like that, but Sue is, she top tier, man. She is uh, top tier. So thank you for that. We're going to do some business together too. Me and Sue got, got something planned for y'all. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm not letting that cat out the bag yet because when I drop that, man, that's going to be – y'all not ready for that, but y'all going to have to be. So uh, let me see who all on here. Shout out to Shayla. Uh, uh, let me see here. Steph, Tamara. What's up, Rachel? Saitaki. Rachel, uh, she's another ray of sunshine. My man Tommy, what's up? Katrina's on here. Mike. Uh, Jay Bird, what's up? T. Sloan, Danielle Rice. Shout out to Danielle, you know what I'm saying? That's the homie as well. She got a podcast. She's doing big work. Uh, who else on here? So I skipped over one because I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about my man, Young Real. What's up, baby? Like, listen, bar for bar. Nobody's fucking with that nigga, man. I'll put, I'll put my money down on him any day. I feel like he is uh he got the juice, man. Like he's he's a really good uh artist. Uh he be bullshitting. Like I ain't afraid to say that. And I've been I've been telling him that. But what I'm also proud of is that I understand why he's been bullshitting on his career, because he's been focusing on um on being a man and being a father. So that's by far more important. So even though I push him and I try to make sure that I, I want to hear some tracks from him because, you know, like I believe that he got the like he has what it takes in order to be successful in this industry. He's got bars, he's got uh great concepts, great beats. He talks about something that's not just sideways, it's not always about gun toting and pill popping and everything. So uh shout out to uh Young Real. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh him really getting his um his project started. So shout out to you. Um I also wanted to on this podcast, and I was something I was thinking about, like, how do I do a solo podcast? Um, I don't want to give y'all my whole entire life story, but, you know, I'll give it to you really quick. You know, so uh, born and raised in the city of Detroit. Um, I'm not telling y'all what year. Again, I don't tell my age. You know what I'm saying? I know y'all see the gray for everybody watching on the video. But uh, West Side for life, West Side, Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft in Greenfield area. Shout out to everybody who know what Mammoth is. <laughs> so, you know, Mammoth Northwest Theater over in that area. So I've been off the craft for, for a minute. And um, that's my hood, you know. And um, I went to Vandenberg off uh, Hubble. I know some people know that. I also went to Bobian before it was, uh, it's a different school now. Okay, uh, Bates Academy, I think it is now. But I went to Bobian and I went to... Cast Tech in the ninth grade, but I got kicked out because I was being stubborn and I was being stupid and I was being young and dumb and I was too smart for my own good. So I ended up getting kicked out <laughs> for grades, even though I was super smart. I was just being lazy. Uh, for 10th to 12th grade, for three years, I went to Mumford. Way better atmosphere. Uh, a lot of people that I went to school with uh, from Bobian and Vandenberg was there. 
So um, Mumford alumni, um, Mustangs for life. A lot of important people came from there. I'm glad that our school was one of the schools that the city felt like um, they needed to keep open. There's a lot of schools that we lost, Redford, Cooley, um, some very, very, um, I feel like good schools. I think it was just situational and circumstantial, the neighborhoods they were in, and a lot of people start going to charter schools. But um, Westside, I have a younger sister. Shout out to Pee Wee. Uh, I love you. Uh, she is down in Memphis with my mom right now. Um, she is the funniest person I know, like, in person. My sister is hilarious. So, uh, but I'm still a big brother, though, you know, and my sister ride for me. My sister is very smart. She's intelligent. She's beautiful. Uh, but she is a quiet storm. And so uh, I'm just the opposite. Me and my, me and my sister are polar opposites. Um I'm very outgoing. I'm very like silly and goofy, and like I'll my sister. She a little bit more reserved. She don't let too much bother her. But when she go off, she goes off. So um, I'm always trying to support her. So it's just me and my sister. Um, a little personal side of me. Uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was about ten, nine or ten, and so um, that changed my that changed the dynamic. My mom and dad have always been in my life, you know, and um, it's been an important part of me growing. But as an adult, you find out later on that that divorce plays into a lot of your relationships. And so um, I, I found out that a lot of my trust issues, a lot of my commitment issues when it comes to relationships and not just relationships with women, but like relationships with anybody. I don't trust people like I'll fuck with you like we can go out and kick it, but like. When you get to a certain point, like I'm not fucking with you, so um, they split, and it was a, it was actually a good good thing uh, for me and my sister because they let us dictate how we wanted to go about uh, being in their lives, and so what we came up with, me and my sister, was two weeks with my mom, two weeks with my dad. We did that forever. I mean, years, years, and years until um, you know I got a little bit older, and I've always had an excellent relationship with my mother I am a mama's boy and um to that extent I'm not a mama's boy like I let my mom dictate my life but my mom is the creme de la creme she is what I like what I know a woman to be like my mom lets me do what I need to do but I I love my mom very dearly because I, I believe that my mother is the things that she's been through it's like she's super strong and she never gave up she don't fold you know so um, I love my dad as well. Like, I'm not going to say that I don't, but me and my dad for a long time had a, our relationships were, were strained, right? And the reason I believe it was strained is because my dad didn't want me to grow up, right? He wanted me to be a, a kid forever. And I don't think he liked the fact that I was growing up. And so we got into it. We'd have a couple arguments and then it got to a point to where it got physical and, that was a little bit later on in life when I was like 16, like me and my dad, like got into physical fights and he whipped my ass, of course, because it's pops. He got old man strip, like it's expected. But then there came a day when they got, did a couple extra push-ups and shit. So, and I wouldn't say I whipped my dad's ass. I would never disrespect him like that. But I definitely let my dad know I wasn't no bitch. Like I wasn't no punk and like I had a little bit more weight on me and I never forget the look on his face. He was like, the day you whip my ass is the day you got to leave. You got to respect that. 
you got to respect that because oh you you want to be big dog you be big dog so um again going two weeks and two weeks back and forth from my mom and dad up until that point you know when I got a little bit older and me and my dad got into it and I stayed with my mom for like the last I think two years of school when I was at Montfort it was cool you know my mom she kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do you know obviously with that reason but my mom is me and my mother are very very much alike and me and my sister and my dad uh, are very much like they're very reserved, very laid back. Me and my mom, we the life of the party. We're going to turn up. We're going to have a good time. And so uh, it was a beautiful dy- dynamic. Now, of course, as I'm older now, I look back and I don't have any regrets, but um, I have super-duper respect for my father because my father could have fucked me up. He had every right to because I was disrespectful and in many ways. I tried my dad and I, I questioned him and I said some shit that I shouldn't have said, you know, but you know, you got to be young and dumb before you're old and wise. So um, it's weird because when you're young, you think you know it all. But when you get older, you realize you don't. And so you actually depend on your parents more the older you get because you understand the wisdom and the knowledge that, that they have. And so for anybody who's raising boys, anybody, just kids in general, understand there's going to be a time where – that 13 and under, they're going to be your babies. They're going to be your babies. That's just how it is. They're going to they, – you can't do any wrong. But then they're going to grow and they're going to um, progress into being young adults and they're going to try to figure out who they are. But please allow them to to grow, right? And don't be upset that they don't want to spend time with you. I have a lot – like I'm at that age now to where like a lot of people that are my age, they, they got teenagers, you know, and um, they are trying to – figure it all out. But you got to remember, you've been there too, you know, and so you have to allow them to explore. They got to make mistakes. You can't save them from everything. You can't plan for everything. But just be there, you know, because trust me, when they hit that 25, they hit that 30, and life get real, they're going to be your baby again. Like, we all are. Like, my dad, he gets the utmost joy from me calling him like, hey, dad, listen, you know, I'm thinking about getting a new job. Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Hey, I'm thinking about buying another house. You know, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. And listen, he gets a kick out of it because this is all he wanted from the beginning. He got he got his little boy back, right? You know, and so, like, I, I really look up to my dad. My mom is, um, she always been my biggest cheerleader and always will. It don't matter. I can do cartwheels for a living. Guess what? My mama's going to support me because that's how she is. She's a typical black mom. But uh, after high school, um, <laughs> quick quick story. Uh, shout out to Dame over there at uh, Shop Talk Podcast with Jay. Uh, st- like Jay do, uh, Dame does uh, story time with Dame. So quick story. Um, it was about seventeen, eighteen, and you know it was coming towards the end of the year, and uh, my mom was like, she was like, "Look, you got ninety days." After you graduate, to figure the shit out, you either gonna get a job, go to college, you're gonna do something. I'm like, all right, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I graduated, everything was cool, everybody was happy, partying, you know, you're on the block, everybody kind of, you know, everybody around the same age, a lot of people graduated, niggas, one nigga may have graduated a year before, somebody still maybe have it another year, but everybody's celebrating. 30 days go by, she tap on my door, she like, hey. You got 60 days. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, all right, so I'll figure it out. Like, it's good. 
So still having a time of my life. Like, like I ain't got to go to school. I ain't got to do shit. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to do. Right? So another 30 days go by. She, hey, you got 30 days. I'm not playing with you. I'm like, man, listen, it's cool. I got it. Man, that literally the 91st day I come in. I'm going into my room. I look. Ain't no furniture in my room. The bed broke down. Mattress leaning against the wall. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm about to get a new bed and shit. Like, mom's looking out for me and shit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she going to let me. Because I cause I was keeping count just like she was. She like, <laughs> she like, so what you what you finna do tomorrow? I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> she like, what you going to do? She was like, you got to get the fuck up out of here. I'm like, mom, what? what, what? She like, I'm not bullshitting you. You got to get up out of here. But my, I don't even know. Look, I told you. I told you before you were graduating, and then you graduated, and I told you you had 90 days. So you've been known. I know that pff, it's not new to you. Like, you thought I was bullshitting. She like, pack your shit and figure it out. I'm like, you bullshit. She like, I'm dead ass. And I'm like, that shit blew me. So I literally packed my shit. She had me packing my shit. Packed it all up. I'm like... I went and sat out on the porch. <laughs> I'm sitting on the porch. I'm like, I really, like, bags are sitting by the door. I'm sitting on the porch like, where the fuck am I going to go? Like, where am I going to go? My homie came down the street. Dog like, Q, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, hey, man, today ain't the day, man. Go on about your business. I don't talk. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm like, <"Damn." laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to fit to do. Man, I sat out on that porch about two hours. My mama came to the door. She's like, so you just gonna sit on the porch? I'm like, okay, I, I, I ain't got no house. I don't know whatever what I'm gonna do. I, I can't sit on your porch now. Damn. You want me to leave? <laughs> like, like, damn, like. So she came out, she sat down on the porch. She goes, Listen, you know I'm not gonna kick you out. But I'm also not gonna give you a pass either. Like, you gotta figure it out. You know, and it was a lot of it was a couple people on the block, you know, like she just she knew. She knew if I stayed on the block, she knew if I stayed in the hood, she knew that it was going to be bad for me because of how, how just our environment. We're on the craft. We're on school craft. You know what I'm saying? It's like, shit wasn't sweet back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was real. So she goes, look, I want you to win. I want you to be successful. I know whatever you're going to do, you're going to be great at. She was like, but you have to, you got to go. She was like, I don't know. I said, I don't have the answer for you. So, of course, me being a big baby, and that's my mama, I started crying, tears running down my face. I mean, I'm bawling. And she like, it's, it's a part of life. She was like, this ain't going to be the last time you cry. This ain't going to be the last time that you feel lost and confused. She was like, but I'm going to be here. But I got to allow you to make your own choices, your own decisions. What up? What up, Mimi? What's going on? Misha. I love Misha. Shout out to Noodle. Shout out to my man, uh, Mac, over on that side. Johnny Mac. But um she like, you know, you gotta you gotta figure it out. She was like, look, how about you join the military? Cause I know you don't want to go to school. Cause college ain't for you, right? I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. So I'm like, all right, cool. So then I go tell my dad, I'm like, so we'll back up a little bit. So my mom was like, look, I ain't gonna ask you for for much. What's up, Billy? I see you. Because I love you, man. Thank you for everything you've been doing for me. Um, she like, look, I'm not going to ask you for nothing in life. This is the only thing I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to tell you who to marry. 
I'm not going to tell you how many kids to have. I'm not going to tell you where to stay. I'm not going to tell you how to run your business because I know moms and parents, they usually do that. This is the only thing I'm going ever going to ask you for as an adult. Go to the military. She's like, if you like it, great. Stay in it. Do 20 years. Get out. Do that. She's like, do four years. Do six years. She's like, but just go. Do that for me. That's going to be your thank you for everything I've done up until this point. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll do that. So, of course, me being me, you know what I'm saying, me being how I've always been, and even to this day, shit, if I'm going to do it, we're going all out. What's the hardest thing to do in the military? Be a Marine. So I'm like, fuck it. Well, I went down to the little recruitment center. I'm like, look, I'm ready. Sign me up. I want to be a Marine. They're like, oh, shit, come on home. So I did that for a little bit. So, and again, me and my dad, at that time, our relationship was really strained. So we, um, I still, again, I still love my dad and I still respect him. So I went and told him, like, you know, I went over there, my chest all poked out. Yeah, so uh, I'm joining the Marines. Yeah, I leave in about two months. He like, so I told him the story with my mom. And so he he said the same thing. He said, look, I'm going to tell you the same thing then. He said, look, I won't ask you for nothing in life. I'm going to do the same thing your mom did. I ask you who to marry, how many kids to have, where to stay at, nothing. She's like, join the Air Force. I'm like, what? He's like, you're going to go to the military, join the Air Force. Now, what I found out later on in life, after I like had been in for a little bit and uh, been into the military, is that my dad always wanted to be a pilot. Actually, to this day, my dad literally worked at GM for about 30 years, retired. He is a flight attendant for Delta. Like He loves planes. Planes is his thing. So vicariously, I was living out my dad's dream. And like he used to always push for me to be a pilot. That just wasn't my thing Like because I didn't want to be in the military in the first place. But it was the best thing for me. So um, when my grandfather was alive, I remember sitting down with him. And I was like, look, I'm going to the military because my mama said so. I'm going to the Air Force because my daddy said so. He was like, don't join the Army. He was like, I, he was like, I remember my grandfather telling me, and I never really told nobody this story. He was like, look, I ain't got that many more years left on this planet, you know, and left left here on Earth. I've lived my life. And he said, I'm not going to ask you for nothing. He was like, but make me proud and get your degree. Here's the sad part. I feel like I let my grandfather down because I still to this day do not have my degree. You know, like, so I think about that a lot. I know... I know I've done a lot of great things. I know I've been a lot of places. I know I've accomplished a lot, but like that was the only thing he really asked me for. And I feel really, 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 really bad about that. And so like, I I promised myself before I leave off of this planet, God willing, I don't care if it's a degree in underwater basket weaving. I don't care if it's a degree in whatever. Like I have to have some type of degree because I owe that to my grandfather. So that's a quick story about how I end up joining the military. I was in the military for 12 years. Uh, what's up, Lenora? Cuz, another one of my cousins. Thank y'all for showing up. Um, I was in the military for 12 years. Um, and it was beautiful, man. It was absolutely everything that I could imagine. I absolutely, positively, unequivocally, 100% needed to go to the military. It changed my life. It changed my perspective. And the, the weird part about it was is that about two weeks before I left to go to the military, somebody got shot, somebody went to jail, somebody got killed, and somebody got robbed. And it was going around. I seen it coming around. Like, 
seen one home, this home, this home, this home. And I was like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. And I remember leaving, and, I like, if anybody's ever seen Paid in Full, you remember when Mitch was sitting on the couch and he was like, if I leave the game, will I still get the same type of love? Like, I had that mentality before the movie, right? So I'm like, if I leave the block, if I leave Detroit, if I leave Schoolcraft, Will I come back? Will they still, like, will people still love me? Will I still, like, will they still respect me because I'm from this hood and, like, all of the dirt and bullshit that we didn't been through? Like, will they still respect me? Or are they going to be like, nah, nigga, you ain't real no more. You went, like, I was worried about that. But, again, you got to be young and dumb before you're old and wise, right? And I remember leaving, and I remember my mom telling me, she said, listen, when you leave here, the same niggas is going to be here. They not going nowhere. And I was like, what? She was like, I'm telling you, sure enough, the day I left to go to the Air Force, the day I went to go to basic training, it was two dudes standing on the corner. One was smoking weed and one was dribbling the basketball. A year later, when I came back, after I went through basic training, got to my first base, and I was taking my first set of uh, days for leave or vacation, I come back. I come around the corner. Same two dudes on the corner. One smoking weed. One German in the basketball. And it was an extra nigga there. <laughs> like, nigga, it was like time froze. Niggas didn't move. Niggas didn't move. Right, and to this day, I don't know what happened to them niggas because they was just like, I don't know, but they was like, they wasn't none of my brothers, you know what I'm saying? But they was, they was just niggas on the block, you know what I'm saying? And that shit crazy. Like, it just froze. And at that point, that was when it all clicked for me in my head when I realized that I'm not missing out on nothing. I got to go live my life. So went to live my life. I spent two years in Valdosta, Georgia. Crazy. Got some good stories with that that I can talk about all day. Uh, after that, I went to Japan. I went to Okinawa, Japan. I spent two years over there. Culture was absolutely amazing. It was beautiful. Um, there's nothing like waking up every single morning and getting a free um, sunset. Or, or well, did I go to sleep? The sun was setting on that side. Yeah. Every time I go to sleep, it was a free sunset because of where my dorm was. I can look out on the water. I'm on an island. Like, I'm on an island. I mean, it was tough. That was that was tough. After I left uh, Okinawa, Japan, I went to Las Vegas. Boy. Man. Um, another really quick story. When I was in basic training, not basic training, when I went to uh, my tech school to learn my job, um, this is how I knew I was grown, right? So when we went to tech school, I was learning my job and I was doing a crew chief for helicopter pilot uh, for helicopters, right? I got my first base, the first place I was supposed to go after basic training in tech school and learning my job was Las Vegas. A lot of people don't know that. My mama don't even know that. My first base was supposed to be Las Vegas. Like, imagine being 19 going to Las Vegas. I, at that time, because I felt, I knew it in my brain. I knew I was smart enough. I said, if I go to Las Vegas, it's going to be ugly. I'm going to fuck some shit up. I'm going to be in a bad place. Because when you go to Las Vegas and you under 21, you got to find shit to do. So I switched with somebody there. I switched. It was a guy. He wanted to go to Las Vegas with his friend that he, they was from the same town. And I went to Valdosta, Georgia, little bitty-ass town. I mean, it's 45 minutes away from Jacksonville. It's way deep Georgia, deep, deep Georgia. Right. I was closer to Jacksonville than I was Atlanta. So um, but it was the best decision. Again, no regrets. It was absolutely exactly what I was supposed to do. So 
Um, my, and it, it worked out. I ended up going to Las Vegas anyway. Um, I was originally supposed to, when I was in Japan, I was supposed to go to Iceland, Keflavik, but they ended up closing that base. I was about to definitely go over there and act a fucking fool. I, I was about to act a plump fool in Iceland because they love black guys. They love black men in Iceland. Found that out in Europe as well, for everybody who don't know. So I suggest all black people go to Europe at some point. Black single men. But, uh, right, I got to I gotta make that clear because I don't get nobody fucked up. But, um, yeah, I went to Las Vegas, and um, I actually had not deployed. Mind you, I was in – now, let's back up a little bit. I joined – oh, I'm about to tell my age indirectly. Ain't that a bitch? Fuck it. I joined the military, and I was in basic training doing 9-11. Like, imagine – Signing up for the military. And your dad like, oh, shit, ain't shit popping. You good. Like, ain't been no wars in forever. Desert Storm was the last shit. You good. Getting the basic training. You're in your fourth week in basic training. Twin Towers. Pentagon. You watching that shit happen. And you like, we the niggas is finna go fuck with these niggas? Like, I, no, not we. I'm like, man, listen. I You couldn't find a person who wasn't crying. Niggas are shook. But. Again, you're in basic training. So, yo, T.I., your drill sergeant, man, listen, he had us so gassed up, they could have sent our flight. We're talking about 90 niggas. They could have sent us 90 niggas, and we'd have found Ben Lott. He had us gassed. We was ready. We was ready. I right, listen, it was, it, was a, it was a weird moment. It was a weird moment of being proud of that time. So, um, but that was crazy, man. And I had never deployed. Now, mind you, I went to Valdosta, Georgia. I went to Japan. I went to Las Vegas. I had been to TDY and been to different places. I had been to um, Korea and I had been to um, uh, New Mexico. I had been to all these different places. Just small little TDYs, like 30 days or something. You go back to your base. But I had never deployed. Man, I get to Las Vegas. Soon as I touched down, I got there in April, I think. Nigga, by August, I was over in Iraq. <sighs> Listen, I don't going to war during that time because it was still fresh. That was like five years after 9-11. Like, shit was still fresh. That shit is not for everybody, dog. To this day, there's still some things that I'm fucked up about in my head that I went through over there, you know, and I deal with it. And uh, shout out to all my veterans that, that deal with uh, PTSD to deal with that shit in your head about with the war, you know. So um, it's it's crazy, you know. So um, I got off that deployment. I spent six months in Iraq. I got off that deployment. That was enough for me. I had to get the fuck on. I had to get up out of there. So I ended up leaving, and I, I did six years. I did my whole enlistment. I didn't quit, you know. And I wasn't too ready to get out of the military because I still seen the joy in it and I still seen the the plus side. So I joined the National Guard, Air Guard, and I was up in Mount Clemens and I switched jobs. I was cooking. And if everybody knows who I am, y'all know I like to cook. So um, I cooked and I was cooking for the whole base. But I did. We did the dining facility. We did mortuary affairs. So when you see the people with the guns and folding the flag, that was us. That was that's honor guard. We do um, fitness, so I was a part of the gym, so I had to literally become a personal trainer. Like, that was a part of our job, so it was a benefit for that. And lodging, and so 
Y'all need a place to stay. We handle all that. So it was a it was a job that had multiple um, multiple verticals in it within it. It's called services, and that was fun. I had a blast. But I deployed more when I was National Guard than I was active fucking duty. I was like, what is going on? Why the fuck am I going? Man, listen, United Arab Emirates, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, uh, uh, Rota, Spain. Um, I went back to Iraq. Like we went. Like, yo, it was crazy. That shit took its toll. And it fucked me up even more in my head. And there was a few things that kind of happened, you know, while I was while I was in, in guard. And I kind of seen the Air Force changing. And I seen that I was outgrowing it. So when people ask me why did I get out, I always tell them, it's like a bad marriage. When you first get married, oh, it's cute. You know, oh, hey, yo, yeah. oh, I don't know you. You don't know me. Let's get to know each other. Then you date for a little bit. That was the beginning. That was basic training. And you're like, oh, this shit, this is how it's going to be? All right, cool. And you adjust and you adapt. And so then you fall in love with each other. And you love it and you go through the whole thing. And so that's what happened with me. And some point or somewhere along the line, you start you start realizing that, like, you're becoming a different person. Just like they're becoming different. And I started coming into my own as a man. And so I started seeing my values and um, my objectives and what I wanted to do in life kind of go in the opposite direction of what the military wanted me to do. And it was not a bad thing, and I have nothing bad to say about the Air Force. I don't knock anybody who does that. I still have the utmost respect for anybody who wants to put their life on the line for this country, and we're not going to go into that. But, like, anybody, black person specifically, wants to go put their life on the line for a country that it hasn't done for them, I got respect for you, but I understand sometimes it's situational and circ- circumstantial. They're like, yo, you got to do what you got to do. Like, I ain't, I, I ain't got no other options, so I'm going to join the military. So um, I chose to walk away from the Air Force before I had a bad taste in my mouth, pause, uh, <laughs> about it. Or there was a hate, and there was like, fuck the military, fuck the Air Force. Listen, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for everything that you have done. It's time for us to go our, our separate ways before it gets ugly because I still have respect for you and I still, like, I still care enough, right? It's just like a marriage. That's what you would do in a marriage when it's like, look, I don't want to be beefed out with you, like, because I, I enjoy the times that we had. And that's basically what happened. Like, I walked away. Uh, since then, I've just been grinding, man. I've just been doing some acting. I've been doing some things uh, along the way. And... I'm moving forward, and uh, I just kind of, again, that's what I wanted to do for this episode. I want y'all to tell, I want y'all to kind of see where I come from, and um, let y'all know like the things I've been through, you know. And like this is just a small piece. I mean, I got stories for days, um, bad relationships, good relationships. Um, I fucked up, did some shit that I shouldn't have done, and there's some things I've get, given people passes for that I shouldn't have. I've been the good guy in, in the situation when I could have. Hulk smashed the nigga face in, you know. So it's it's all relative, right? It's all a, it's all a part of my journey. Like even now, this this podcast this is a part of my story. And so when I look back at this, it's gonna be something that um, I'm proud of. It's something I want to do. Um, we getting kind of close to an hour. So what I want to do is is I wanted to talk about 2020, right? And so I want to give a personal message to anybody who this applies for applies to if the shoe fit put that motherfucker on this is for you 
listen, I'm done giving people fucking passes. I'm not making no excuses for nobody. I don't make excuses for myself, so I'll be goddamned if I'm going to make excuses for anybody else. And I expect everybody around me, anybody who's dealing with me, I expect you to have that same mentality. Please, I'm begging you. Stop making excuses for yourself and for other fucking people. Because guess what? People only going to do what you allow them to do. Everybody not playing by the rules either. You got to realize that. Everybody not playing by the rules. See, a person like myself, the reason why I get upset and the reason why shit go bad for me is because I play by the rules. But everybody else don't. But that's cool. You ain't got to play by the rules. But understand this. I'm on your ass. I'm on your ass. I'm not giving you a fucking pass on nothing. Please understand that. I said it on my Facebook status. That what's in it for me is going to sting a, fir a first couple times that you hear it. Listen, I'm going to support people. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to be there for you. But if you're not making me happy, making me money, or making me better, I'm not fucking with you. Because you're going to lead, follow, or get the fuck out the way. Please understand that. And that comes from my squadron that I was in when I was in basic training. 721. Lead, follow, get the fuck out the way. Period. So understand, 2020, we're in a brand new decade. I understand, oh, you know, new year, new me. No. That, uh, as cliche as it may sound, we're in a new decade. And everybody who knows me knows that I'm a very humble dude. I don't be, I don't be gassing nobody. I don't, I, like, I, don't, I don't gas myself because I understand where I come from. I understand that I was a nerd. And if anybody is on my Facebook page, y'all see where I come from. I was a nerd. I was a square. I was a... I was a regular dude. I was funny, but, like, I wore glasses. I wore braces. I was short. I was skinny. Like, dark skin wasn't in. Like, but I was funny, so that allowed me to be in the group. But listen to what I'm telling you now for 2020. I got the juice, bitch. I got the juice. I'm a fucking boss. I am the, I am the catch. I am important. I hold value. I ain't been squeezing the juice. I ain't been squeezing the juice. I've been humble. I've been chilling. I've been laid back. Uh, listen, but I ain't going to flex on niggas the way these cornball-ass niggas do out here in these streets. That ain't how I'm going to flex on you. Like, understand that if you're going to be a part of what the fuck I'm doing, you're going to have to show up. You're going to have to show up. Because I got the juice. And I'm not giving nobody no fucking passion. You're not about to treat me like I'm mediocre. You're not about to treat me like... I'm an average nigga because I'm not. I'm creme de la creme. I'm the best of the fucking best. Why? Because I built that from scratch. And anybody who rock with me know that. I'm loyal. I'm honest. I'm patient. I'm loving. I'm caring. I'm all that. So what you're not finna do is anybody, I don't care who it is, including my mama. My mama on down. And I'm telling you, she, the, she is the top tier I had to cut into my mom a couple, about two years ago. I had to tell her, I said, hey, mom, hey, hey, don't call me with no drama. Don't call me with sad news. Don't call me with bad news. Don't let that be the first thing out of your fucking mouth. I love you, ma. I do. But don't call me with that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. I, and I hung the phone up. And I said, I, before I hung the phone, I said, yo, call back. And hung the phone up. 
And she called back, hey, hey, handsome. Hey, hello, gorgeous. How are you? How you doing, ma? How, how you feel today? I love you. You been doing okay? You been playing the lottery? How's Amber? How's the backyard? Then we can talk about that shit, right? But don't call me. Don't let that be the first thing out of your mouth. And guess what? She know that now. And she and, and she was she was a little upset because I cut into her. You know what I'm saying? And she know that that's not like me. But like I had to make a change. It's like I don't want to hear that shit, dog. So if I have if I have that standard for my mother, my father, my sister, my brothers, right? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to everybody on Montrose. If I had that for the people that I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? And my family and the people that I consider important in my life, that go for every fucking body then. I'm not giving nobody no passes on nothing. I'm not. You're going to get right or get left. As corny and as cliche as that may sound, that literally is the motto. Fix the shit. Get right or get left. Because where I'm trying to be at, I need people that are motivated. Right. I need people that that want better than what they have, that are un, that are cool with being uncomfortable. Right. If you want to stay where you at, that's fine. That's cool. Ain't nobody knocking you for that. Two thumbs up. I wish the best for you. But I want more. I want more money. I want more property. I want more, more web series, more movies. And guess what? I want more for you. I want more for you. But guess what? Guess what I'm telling you? Don't come and ask me about shit if you're not supporting nothing that I'm doing. Because you got me fucked up. All that, like Drake said, all that lovey-dovey shit, that I'm your brother shit, that shit over with. Don't ask me to be on this fucking podcast if you ain't never listened to a podcast. Don't ask me to be on this podcast if your ass ain't never shared my podcast. Don't ask me to come to your, to your event if you ain't never been to one of my plays. Don't ask me to share your song. Don't ask me to, don't ask me to share your business that you got when niggas ain't never show up at Hot Topics. You got me fucked up. Black people are like, listen, not all, but some. Y'all, black people are crazy. How the fuck is you going to show up to Hot Toppings Burgers and ask for a discount? And this is the first fucking time you've been in here and I've been open for a year. Nigga, boy. So I want that for everybody, man. I want that for everybody. I want, I want you, I want people, everybody that's listening to this, I want you to do better. I want better for you, but I also want you to expect better from other people. Stop giving people passes. Stop. Because they're going to keep doing it. They're going to keep doing it over and over until you put your foot down. I am too fucking old to be struggling. Not with the people that I know. Not with the people that, that's around me. Hey, mama. Look, my mama on here now. Hey, ma. What's up, Chris? Raven, what's up? Linderick, John, Rosanna, what's going on? Lloyd, appreciate y'all tuning in, man. So um, 
it's just this solo podcast, man. It's just it's just for me, man. And I got big things in store. Again, as always, on every episode, y'all know I'm gonna shout out Shop Talk Podcast. Uh, shout out Jay Johnson. Uh, shout out to my man Dane, uh, AJ and SJ on the Connected Experience, uh, Unsavory Antics, um, people I rock with. You know what I'm saying? Motor City Oprah with views from the thick. She bullshitting. Well, she hurried the fuck up and dropped another episode. It's been damn near a year, but I understand she got she got shit. She got she working on, and I know she uh, just recorded a couple episodes. So look out for that. Um, but guess what? I'm surrounding myself with people that want to win. You know what I'm saying? So that's important for me, man. That's important. And that's what we're going to do going forward. We all old enough now to where if you ain't got to figure it out by 30, 35, 40, if you ain't got to figure it out by then, like, you bullshit. You absolutely bullshit. What's up, Dre? Big brother Dre. Listen, Dre been there since day one. Shout out to Dre. Always on the move. Always doing something progressive. Thank you. Listen, Dre been like a for real big brother to me, so I want to give a shout out to him while I'm on this uh, on this episode. Thank you, man. Listen, <sighs> been there, clutch. You know what I'm saying? Always pushing me to do better and, and, and want more. So, Sue showing all types of love. I see. I fucks with Sue, man. These are the type of people you need in your life, man. I love Sue, man. Listen, she ain't. I don't think I've ever heard Sue saying anything negative. Surround your people. Surround yourself with people that want that like want better for themselves and want better for you. It's all about positivity. What's up, Josh? I see you, Cuzo. It's my dog. So uh, I'm gonna leave y'all with this because we about to end. You know, I'm gonna keep it real short. It's literally gonna be an hour, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but um, I want to thank everybody who has been supporting me. Thank you for everybody who's been sharing the the, the podcast, uh, who's been um, pushing me and like want me to do more especially my best friend Angela like she be on my ass again she be on my why you ain't did the podcast I want to hear it because guess what she making me better she want to see me win she don't get shit from me doing a podcast she just get to listen but it's what I want to do and it's making me better and it's making me happy right so and it's making me money you know what I'm saying so she want to see that for me and she don't get nothing from it them is the type of people you need around you. What's up, Terrence? So, um, again, every five episodes, every fifth episode, because if y'all been paying attention, if you've been listening, y'all know my favorite number is what? Five. It's more than 555. So every fifth episode, so 5, 10, 15, for y'all that don't know, shout out to Schoolhouse Rock, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 30. Y'all remember that? See, I'm showing my age again. It's all good. They need to bring Schoolhouse Rock back. That's my unpopular opinion for today. <laughs> Bring Schoolhouse Rock back, dude. So, anyway, we about to get up out of here. Again, Flipside Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. I want y'all to support the people, support the products, support the podcast. We out. Peace.